Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. What I really want to read is Psalm 30. And if we could go to Psalm 30. As we get into our theme today, uh, briskly, I'm going to read Psalm 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. That took favor from God. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you. What happened? You healed me. You brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. And it's not that God lost his temper. It's angry at what the lack of surrender does to our own life. When we live in the favor lane, David teaches us every emotion he had. He was like a drama king. I don't know. I mean, we we heard about it. And yet, in Acts 13, God said, Paul quotes, David was a man after mine own heart. Wow. Don't you shy away from expressing yourself to the Lord. Look at what he says in verse 5. His favor is for life. Say that with me. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Well, what happened? (laughs) The market went down. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. My my property, my, uh, my possessions. You hid your face. I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit, Lord? is there in my blood when I go down to the pit. I say that every time I, need, I, I leave the lab. And they keep bouncing me back and forth to all these labs. By the way, 5.5 A1C testimony today. 5.5. I, I said, did you take Christina's blood or did you take mine? And uh, thank you for your prayers. Yeah, yeah. I said that to Michael Wisman and he still won't talk to me because he has all these weird diets and his is barely seven. I says, I'm walking in favor. Oh, so is he. So is he. I want to be careful before Vernon says, Larry Allen. But Grace is here, so you don't have to fill in for her today. I said, Lord, I'm going to this lab. What profit? I promise to be nice to people if you give me more years. I promise to be kind to the flock. I promise, not, I promise to be kind to Grace. I promise to be patient with the flock if you give me more years. And I hear, you promise? <laughs> oh Lord, listen to this, verse 10. 
and have mercy on me, Lord, my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off sackcloth, symbol of mourning, and clothed me with gladness to the end that I may, to the end that I, my glory may sing praise. He was a singer and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. All right. Now, listen, as Pastor Mike always helps us, nudges us, jot down a note of scripture. I put the address on most of these today, any one of these slides, and it'll prompt you to jump into that favor lane. Now, don't worry about being a foul ball on the chalk line. You'll be living in the favor lane. Look at Psalm 106. He says, David says, remember me, Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my guilty soul found liberty at Calvary. At Calvary. So I say, Lord, remember me. All these things with 11 grandchildren and a beautiful younger wife. I, I go, I go, I remember now I know why I married, married younger. I need someone to drive me to the lab. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, do you take her to lunch afterwards with all those drive-thrus? Come on. Remember me, Lord, with the favor. It was just yesterday we were taking Papa to labs. Pastor Mall. I pulled out a one that he used to go to. I said, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Be merciful to me. Extend my life and I'll be nicer. Now, fortunately, Marlis isn't here to grade me today. I know that. Jill and Beth will be kind, great on a curve. Yeah. Remember me, Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. I'm not being facetious, loved ones. I need his favor. I'm leaning in for his mercy, grace, and healing. Just like going to the Napa Auto Parts. A carburetor for a 19-whatever, 96 chitty, whatever it might be. I lean up to the counter in the place of prayer and say, God, in your storeroom, do you have a set of new kidneys? (laughs) Yes. Psalm 30 we read, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. All right. Young David kept faithful watch over his father's sheep. Wherever God has placed you today, from the custodian to the manager, from the servant leader, a servant leader, placed you in your family as a parent, grandparent, and obviously how we need desperately step-parents that are kind and thoughtful. Can you say amen? Where God placed David, David was faithful. All alone, 1 Samuel 17, 16, I think when he was, uh, when Samuel said, is this all that you have? Well, we have the youngest one of seven. He's watching the sheep. And he was watching the sheep in 17 when his father sent him on a mission to check on his brothers with Goliath. I'm going to, Is it okay if I plow through this today? David worshipped when he was alone. Wow. 
I put Psalm 63. Those Psalms in there where he's been chased because of Absalom, his son, chased from his own uh, temple, or his house, rather, and uh, his palace as king. And he's chased, and he's all alone. Big-time family problems, and he's all alone. And he's, he's, he's out in the wilderness. You can describe what that was like. And without the utensils and the sacraments and the, uh, uh, for us, without a Bible, a hymn book, a chair, a cozy environment, he says, Lord, let the lifting of my hands be like the censer in the temple that wafts back and forth and is a sweet-smelling savor to you. Lord, all I have is these hands. In the cab of this truck, at my coffee table at home, in my, in my office or the break room or walking, taking a walk uh, out alone, Lord, I come to you today for favor. My family needs your mercy. My life and family need your grace. Mercy, so I'm, I'm, I'm not receiving what I do deserve and grace that I receive from him what I have not earned. Do you not love Jesus Christ today? Come on, loved ones. Jump into the favor lane. Jump into the favor lane. Grace is always telling me, you didn't use your blinker. Oh, my goodness. I know she's really sweet and kind to all of you on all the time. But the Lord knows what I need, and that is a driving coach. Larry Allen, yes. You pulled right in front of that person, and you never had your blinker on. Oh, boy. Listen, loved one. Let's do this. Reach over. Do this to the blinker. Move it down. And let's get into the favor lane. By welcoming Christ, by when we're alone, we're going to get our prayers in and sing S-I-N-G. David worshiped when he was alone. I love this one too. David remembered God's faithfulness. I know some of you, I've heard you say that when tough time comes, when a real rough season come a patch, no, we don't need to, you know, look very far in this day and age. But... I just say, God, I remember how you was faithful in my life. I remember. I remember, Lord. I remember when I was 33 and I was at Community Memorial Hospital in Ventura, California. And the cardiologist said, you have to find a different profession. You're too wrapped up into ministry. He had just done an EKG. I told you there was some liquid on the counter and he left the room. I dabbed me a little bit of that liquid. Wasn't whiskey. (laughs) And I mean, I thought, this isn't being filmed, is it? And now I'm telling you. I said, Lord, I'm the only elder in this room. And your word says, call for the elders and they will be healed. That was half of my more lifetime ago. I I remind God of that every time 
it's time for me to go into those cold rooms, sit in the chair, the doctor will be right with you. Right. Right. Now I have to worry about him getting the name right, but I'm not going to go into that story. I'm not going to go into that story. God, this is the tough financial time, but I remember, I remember when my sister and I, 13 and 11, stood in front of the church house when a financial calamity hit our parents' home. And my sister Cheryl looked up at me and said, Larry, are, are we going to be okay? And I said, we're going to be okay. The first preacher lie, and I wasn't even a preacher. You know what I mean, not lie, but yeah. Today, we are both (laughs) okay. (laughs) And at that, Jeffrey, her husband, in Arizona, not going from golf course to golf course, has a couple planes. He has a team at the call from a hospital, flies to New Mexico, Texas, picks up blood, gets it back in time so the Phoenix Hospital can have a transfusion for someone. I said, Jeffrey, you don't know how proud I am of you. He put the law practice aside and he picked up the grace practice for others. Favor, 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 favor. Recently, he flew up, changed planes, traded, got a plane from Bainbridge Island, something to fly faster. He said, this way, I can pick up the emergency blood quicker. Do you not love the Lord? Your calling could be just as effective as any ministers, any doctors, any pilot going into Afghanistan. David remembered God's faithfulness. COVID's been tough. COVID's been tough. I mean, I mean, my eyesight at 1030 used to see something different than what we see now. But I so, I'm so thankful for all of you putting up with me, getting in your car, masking or no masking, and saying, I'm going to God's house. Even in the summertime, as we cover for others who are on. A time away. Well, here's, here's one. Have you ever heard this? David accepted Goliath's challenge. You know what he did? He took it personal when Goliath mocked God's people. David said, what? My brothers have been standing here. What have you been? He said, I'm delivering you a lunch, but I'm going to take home a different comment to my father. He accepted the giant's challenge. I'm going to move on. He accepted, he accepted the challenge of Goliath. Here's one. After David was anointed king by Samuel, after he was anointed king by Samuel, David still agreed to play the harp for King Saul. What? Are you kidding me? What you need to know, Brother Moki, is 
I have gifts. I'm a preacher. I'm a minister. What do you mean, usher? What do you mean, Greek? What do you mean, landscape? What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Follow Vernon around on weekends, and that's all the teaching you need on when God gifts us, we still serve the body of Christ. The other day, my mother-in-law's town car. I had a choice to put it in hospice or a rest home. And it... It has more miles on it than I have. I was pulling out to come to Jill's, I mean, the torment in missing, 10 o'clock Friday morning, our, our, our session, and it died right in at the stop sign of the housing development, just stopped. It's a town card that said, I refuse to go further. Sweet Mike Wisman got there, and Mike says, this is over my pay grade. I said, well, y- y- you don't have a pay grade. <laughs> he said, we got to call Paw Patrol. I said, who's that? He said, that's Vernon. <laughs> we got to call Vernon. I said, it's 9 o'clock. He, it's 9.30 Friday morning. You know where he found him? Close by, helping someone else jump their car. Paw Patrol is on a road. Always. I mean, David played the harp for Saul after he felt the oil of kingship from Samuel. Mm. Say this with me. Let's continue to serve. That's how we thrive in the favor lane. No task too menial. No task too small. (laughs) Once in a while, I hear an extremely gifted, successful Lead pastors say, every pastor that I know is also on the custodian team at his church. Boy, if that's not the truth. Before or after Sunday. Thank you, team, for the way you lead by example. David Stayed in the favor lane because he took advice from a woman. (laughs) He took advice from Abigail. Abigail's husband wouldn't respond by nourishing David's troops after they protected his. 
David got angry, threw a fit. Answers to the name Remington? No. (laughs) And uh, said, I'm going after him. If by tomorrow morning he's not mincemeat, let the Lord take my life. Abigail, his wife, got wind of it. She put 150 cinnamon rolls, 140 slices of prime rib, all that. And she said, let's go. She took it to David and his men. And as David saw her coming, he said, I'm going after Nadab. He is mincemeat. This passage, I was chatting with uh, Holbrook about the time we had. I don't think this is read enough. It queued up for me several months ago on a Friday morning in Jill's group to carefully read 1 Samuel 25. And Abigail goes on. David's heated. He's got, lost his temper. Basically, his male pride has been swatted. And she says to him in 25, trust me, but go read it. She says, God has such plans for your future. The current king is after your life, but eventually you're going to be king over all of that God has. When you are my master, do you want to have this blemish on your record that you took the blood, and it says in New King James, of this scoundrel? Tell you what, for glorious reading, read 1 Samuel 25. And the Bible says, David exhaled, took a step back, and in so many words he said, you are right. And he stayed blessed. What he did stay was in the favor lane. Now listen, even some of you good sisters, you sweet sisters, and some of you strong brothers, amen, God's got your number. God's got your number. Need to listen to a person in your life that may not be the person that you would normally go to for advice, but what they say, what they tell you is a word from God. Can you, can, I, can you say right on, Mo? Come on. If you promise to read 1 Samuel 25, I promise not to go there and read it. Promise? David was a loyal friend. David and Jonathan, the bond that they had, the covenant that they had, their friendship. Jonathan, who should have been second in line to his father, King Saul, took off his identity as king and and he placed it on David. Gave him his armor. And said, you are God's man. They were loyal friends. I already said this, but David did not take revenge on his enemies. And this I'm talking especially of King Saul. In 1 Samuel 24, remember when David, he cut off a patch, he altered. So uh, Saul's uh, priestly, kingly, remember? He whacked it off, alteration. So when he ran into Saul the next time, just a little bit after that, said, I could have put my sword through you 
instead of through the cloth. I took the cloth so you would believe me. I will not take vengeance on God's anointed, the current anointed. And Saul, he has a drama moment here. Says, oh, you're a better man than I, you think? Of course he is. Of course he is. Back when David played the harp, Saul got his spear practice in. Imagine. (laughs) You've been anointed king. That guy's sitting in your chair. And you're playing worship music when the evil spirits are leaving him. And no good deed goes unpunished. Saul grabs his spears and tries to pin you to the wall. And you say... I'm not going back to play my music for him. Are you grabbing my thesis today? Let another man praise you and not your own lips. Let God give you divine promotion. Even divine promotion at the shop, at the office, in your family. Maybe you're not the patriarch today, but you're a patriarch, a matriarch. That's brewing. Steady as she goes. Amen? Amen. So often, it's my pride that wants instant revenge. Sometimes I'll say to Grace, well, it's time for me to rent Death Wish. Good, you don't know what that is. They have these people that I'll get on Facebook and don't have anything better to say. What movie have you seen more than five times? And I say, if I, Larry Mulkey, say I have, they're going to say, no wonder your sermons are thin and cheap because you're watching Death Wish instead of coming to the pulpit prepared to show yourself approved. And besides that, you haven't seen Death Wish five times. You've seen it a dozen over your lifetime. I'm not talking about shooting a guy. I'm not talking about, just mean, you know. I came this close to meeting Charles Bronson when Michelle was at Pepperdine. She was having lunch, took it to a cafe down the hill from Pepperdine University. And we were having lunch, and she says, Dad, don't look now, but Charles Bronson is having lunch. He's often here. And I said, I'm going to get up and go thank him that in my profession, I'm not able to get revenge, but that it's just nice. She says, Dad, you are not getting up out of your chair. You are not going over to Charles Branson. You are not going to humiliate me. I live in this community and tell Charles Branson that you enjoy his movies, his death wish. About 10 years ago, poolside at her house, she says, Daddy, yeah, Forgive me. For what? Not letting you go meet Charles Bronson. I said, well, you probably did the right thing. Listen. The other day we were talking with someone in a group. Don't know where it was. How, oh, Grief Share, which is Tuesday nights kicking back up next month. Tuesday night, led by Judith. Debbie and Phil grief share that losing a loved one a casket is tough 
but losing a loved one in divorce. No such thing as closure. The only such thing is prayer. Committing and loving that person, not getting revenge. Say this with me, not getting revenge. Not getting revenge. Not getting revenge. Children are so often involved, but when they come to an age where they respond to Christ, they'll be able to look back and fill in all the gaps and know exactly what's what and know that they themselves can live in the favor lane through forgiveness, prayer, fellowship with Christians. Can you say amen? I want to stress this point. David lived in God's favor lane because he understood vengeance was God's, not his. Love you today. We're weaving to a close on this session of God's favor. Oh my, oh my. Who put Psalm 51 in there? Who put this slide in there? Read this with me. Ready? David owned up to his sin and sought forgiveness and cleansing. You know, a way to thrive in the favor lane, God already knows everything anyway. You know? He's like a 1965 mother. They had eyes behind their head, side of their head. They knew everything. They didn't need internet. Johnny, yeah. Why? How'd you know? Why? David owned up to his sin and sought forgiveness and cleansing. I'm so glad this is in there. He was a man after God's own heart, not because he was perfect, but because he was responsive. Because he went to God. Not because he belonged in a museum. He knew he belonged in the altars of God. Whether that was in the public altars, his tabernacle, or outside the tent. Lift your eyes up as we move to closing. Look at me. Look at me. Let's own up to our own sin. Jesus Christ died to save us and cleanse us so we could have a life of favor here, grace and favor and blessing. Just like returning to him our giving, he rebukes the devourer. He causes heaven to be open to us and prosper us. We thrive in the favor lane when we own up to our sin, our own sin, our mistakes, where we have failed him and say, in Psalm 51, cleanse me. I, if you get a chance to jot these down, I know we're all going to do first time of 25. 51 is just, David puts a clinic on how to repent. <laughs> all right, my goodness. Almost a two-parter. Next, the Lord told David he would not build the Lord's temple. So you know what David does? He gathers building supplies for his son to build it. Are you kidding me? Well, Lord, if you don't want me to build it, my God, I'm going to go to a condo in Palm Springs early, get my golf membership gone. No, no. When God told him, because he was a man of war, You have to take this up with God. They all were. He said, you won't build the Lord's temple, your son would. And he goes on, 
this is a great scripture in First Chronicle 22. He goes in and said, now, he says, Solomon, listen, I have set you up with an account at Home Depot. I've set you up with an account at Grover's. I've set you up an account with Rollsburg Lumber. I've set you up an account with a metal and fabric shop. All this, you know, I've got it all set up for you. You're going to build it. What? In your heart of heart, our heart that has a hand to raise, are you leaning into living in the favor lane? Yes, I am. Acts 13 says, God raised up David, Paul is saying, to be their king to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Let's stand together. I want us to read a very familiar passage. A very familiar passage. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, yeah, David, goodness and mercy, you know what that equals? Say favor. I told you at the beginning that, yeah, goodness and mercy equal favor. Read this with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations, and your family and your children and their children May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is for you. Amen. Amen. Michael, can you put the slide up I asked for you last week? While you're doing that, I'm going to pray about this portion and say, thank you, Lord. I desire that everyone here, everyone, anyone that would beam it up on the the future uh, recording, the podcast, we would say, it's me, O oh Lord. I'm going to draw a circle and say, this is Larry. I desire to live in the favor lane. I desire, I thank you for your goodness and mercy that will follow me. David, he was always reaching. He not only leaned into God in your word and your promises, but he confessed them. Oh, Lord, bless the Lord, my soul. Your mercy endures forever. Amen. It's been on my heart. I think it's a, it's okay. It's not humorous. I think it's an age thing. And it confirmed by a sweet brother in Jill's group. I'd already made the slide. And uh, so, Faber Lane, we've had a benediction. And we're going to go in two minutes. I want to draw your attention to the slide. And read it as if you're personally reading it for the first time. Ready? How to accept Jesus. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. Say it out loud so if you're sitting with grace, everyone will hear it. Ready? Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe that you died and rose from the dead to save me from my sins. 
I want to be with you in heaven forever. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins that I have committed against you. I open my heart to you now and ask you to come into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Who loves you?